Matt McInerney, New York. Andy Mangold, Baltimore, Maryland. Dan Auer, San Francisco. It's August 14th, 2014. This is On The Grid, episode 77. This week on the show, Andy reveals an experiment he's been working on for a while, and Dan and I react. Here we go. Andy, how is the woods? Oh, the woods were wonderful. It was so great. I was out there building a cabin and doing some skinny dipping, enjoying the wilderness and the dark night sky and seeing stars and shit. And I was away from the internet, which was great. Uh, so it was really super great. Really wonderful, wonderful week. I'm, I'm back in the real world, and it was quite a harsh return to reality. Did you make a cabin? Yeah, we, we got the thing up in the tree. We'll put the pictures of it in the show notes. Um, we got further along than the instructor expected us to. He, he knew we weren't going to get like all the finishing work, like doors and windows and stuff in. Uh, he thought we'd just get the frame up. But not only did we get the frame up, we got the floors in, we got two of the walls in, and we got the roof on. Uh, so we did a pretty good job, I think. And it was, uh, it was great. It was all timber framing, so it was like no glue, no nails, no screws. Just, you know, take an axe and some wood, make it the right shape, stick it together. We basically spent the whole week making our own build-your-own-house kit on the ground. And then the last day, we put our own build-our-own-house kit up, and it was great. It was really wonderful. Build-your-own-house kit? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you spend your whole time making these logs exactly the right shape and size, so they all fit together like Legos. And then, uh, then you assemble it all, and it's glorious. But yeah, it was nice. Uh, and then I came back to the internet and discovered that uh, the police had killed a bunch of unarmed black men again. Good job, police. That happens a lot. Oh, that didn't. That happened, happened not so that much. long ago in Brooklyn, where a cop just killed a guy because they accused him of selling cigarettes in front of a convenience store. Oh, you mean? And you then mean they the choked him choked, to death. Eric Garner, right? Yeah. Yep. They just choked him to death. Yeah, it happens all too, all too much, <laughs> man. But uh, I was at the the moment of silence protest in Baltimore before recording the show tonight, and that went very well. It was a very nice protest. Everyone was very peaceful and. And uh, the images coming out of Ferguson right now seem to be more encouraging now that the police force has been taken off the job and the other people have been put on the job, the the highway patrol. So maybe there is still hope, but fuck, man, what a week. Jesus, it's been terrible. We have a special episode planned. This episode has been uh, three or four weeks in the making. Uh, and, you know, outside of the national important news, there was some dumb little design news this week that sort of ties right into what we're going to talk about. Um, and that is 99designs. Um, this week, there was a couple things that happened. Showtime sent out an email to every designer and illustrator in, in existence, pretty much, that is uh, well-known and has enough Twitter followers and invited them to participate in their Showtime design contest for some bullshit. And then uh, Dan Cassaro wrote an email response to them, took a screenshot of it, and it went crazy viral, and it's been on like the news and BuzzFeed and shit. Um, so that was in the news. And then also uh, Sasha Grief, uh, who I think we've mentioned on the show before, uh, did an experiment where he invented a fake company and went on Fiverr, to try and buy a logo for his fake company on, on the service Fiverr and sort of wrote a blog post about what that was like, um, which I'm, I'm glad those things both happened because what we're talking about this week is a 99 Designs contest that, uh, that we ran for the show's artwork. Um, this is something I've been thinking about for a long time because 99 Designs and all other sort of 
heavily commodified design services tend to get a really uh, harsh break in the design world. Um, I think a big part of that is because many people see the sort of contest model of you only get paid if you win as very unethical. Um, but I also think people just don't think you can get quality design on that service. I think the people that are you know participating in the Fiverr world and in the 99 Designs world are, are bad designers. Um, so I feel like it gets a lot of shade for that. And um, I had this theory for a while, uh, which, which stemmed a little bit from my uh, my sort of changing role at work, which is that I'm, I'm doing more and more, I guess what you would call creative direction and art direction, uh, where we have more designers working for us. And more and more, my job is just to make sure that everyone is working towards the same goals and that we've communicated priorities on a project across the team well, uh, and doing, I guess, less, you know, on the ground, like in in Illustrator, in Photoshop, in whatever design work. Um, and it's, it's a weird thing because it's a totally different job. Like doing that is almost completely unrelated from being a designer. I think you have to have a good understanding of a problem to do both of them well, but that's pretty much where the similarities end. And, and there's no real preparation for, for doing that kind of work. So it's something I'm very conscious of. And I, I was kind of wondering, is there a way I can practice this kind of of, uh, of job of like doing art direction and kind of managing creative people. So all these things kind of coalesced into an experiment that we ran, um, which is that we, you know, went on 99 designs. And uh, I had this theory that the designers in 99 designs weren't so much the problem as the clients were and as the system was. Um, I was assuming that, you know, in a, in a world where the client is somebody that already doesn't value design all that much because they're only willing to pay a few hundred bucks for something, uh, probably doesn't really understand that much about design because they can't do it themselves. Um, and they're expected to be able to sort of communicate goals effectively and evaluate in-progress design well and give a good feedback to sort of shepherd a project through to make something good come out of it. Um, that seems like a thing that those people would not be good at doing. Uh, so I wanted to find out if I went on 99designs, created a project for a real design that was that we needed a real problem in the world not some sort of fake made up thing uh wrote a project brief that i thought was good and communicated the priorities of the project effectively uh and gave solid feedback to all of the designers that submitted things i was wondering if we could get good design work out of 99 designs uh and that's what we did for uh for the past two or three weeks now and i, I just awarded the winner uh tonight because i was running out of, of time to do that there's a time limit on it um, so the contest has come to an end. Um, so I've been talking a lot, but I guess I have to introduce the whole thing. Uh, I think the we have been trying to come up with new show artwork uh, internally. We we all three of us have done some designs and sent them back and forth over email. Um, I think our old artwork has kind of lost its lost some of its shine and glory, um, and for reasons not yet to be disclosed, we're at a good point in which maybe to change the artwork of the show. Uh, so I think we all wanted to improve it. And so we all sort of set out to try and do things. And, and long story short, we sent a bunch of things back and forth over email and there's nothing that we all agreed on and thought was really strong. Um, and so it seemed like a perfect opportunity to combine all these things that were floating around and do the 99 designs experiment. So, so why don't I start with the fact that you didn't necessarily keep us in the loop on this. Like we're seeing this for the first time today. You told, you sent us an email and said, I want to try this experiment with a show artwork. What do you guys think? And then you went off and did it. And I think my um, my reaction to your, your idea was like, first, I was kind of like, I think it's a bad idea. But then I figured because it kind of makes me uncomfortable, I should we should probably do it just as an experiment. Just because I 
Like, I had the same reaction. I think it's, I thought, well, that's probably going to generate something bad, so no. But I think, like, <laughs> I was intrigued. money and take time. <clears throat> yeah, but I was intrigued by your your premise, so, like, or your, your thesis, right? That you could get good work out of it if you are directed it correctly. So, you know, my thought was, all right, maybe we use it, maybe we don't. But if we just think of it as, you know, what is it, like 300 bucks towards an experiment? And it generates a show and content, and we get to talk about it. And we either get to prove or disprove our our initial instinct about it. I think that's very useful. So, yeah, I think science. ultimately we all said yes. Let's try it. What's the worst that can happen? I don't mind. You know, okay, who cares if we spend the money on it? It's worth it. Is yeah, that- and and I was a selfish jerk about sort of being controlled. No, no, no. I think it's um, important. I think it's important no, I, in I order do too. to and, to do I mean, it the right. Re- the- the reason I did that is because I, I didn't want there to be sort of two things in play. One thing being how are we managing 99 designs and how are we sort of art directing this project? And the other one being how are the three of us coming into agreement about what we want? Um, right. Because if we had different visions and we're giving different feedback or couldn't agree internally, things might not be consistent. I figured I wanted to like commit and just be like, there's one sort of voice that is responsible for directing things and uh, making sure that something is resulting of it. And I, I sent everything to you guys like two hours ago, basically to, to see all of the work that was collected. And um, so you could sort of get a, get a sense of what, what happened. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I did want to just kind of run it, uh, you know, as an art director would, because uh, I, I didn't want to have that extra variable in the equation. Dan, you said yes to this too. What did you think of the, the idea before you got to see everything? Uh, honestly, I didn't like it uh, one bit. I think it's just because they're, I, I think I go with the whole flow, the, the stigma that 99 Designs is where good ideas go to die. Um, and I think I ended up in the same boat of maybe we should just try it out because maybe it is just the fault of the people who are posting it. And maybe we could actually get something cool if people who are designers or people who are trying to give better direction actually um, ask for the project. So I figured like at the end of the day, why the fuck not? Um, so it was kind of cool to see some of the stuff uh, uh, that Andy sent over earlier. Yeah, so before we get into the actual work, I want to talk a little bit about the process of making something on 99designs, because I think very few designers have done that before, because we are the other side of that sort of project usually. Uh, and it was, it was a big learning experience. Um, they have spent a tremendous amount of time working on that process of like the onboarding of a new client and sort of putting their project in the right category and getting the right information from them. And I say right in terms of, you know, what they believe to be the right information, not what actually will lead to the best outcome necessarily. Um, so I like went through and created this project and um, I, I paid 300 bucks for it, uh, which is what it cost uh, to do like the, they basically had like, you could pay whatever you want, but they had predetermined kind of tiers that they recommended you'd pay basically. So I went with like the lowest tier which was listed as like, you'll get good designers and whatever. And you can pay more money and actually have somebody from 99designs like work with you as a design consultant. And uh, you can only get work from like verified good designers and 99designs has like vetted and put in their private club. But I didn't pay for any of that. Uh, so there's a lot more you can pay for if you want uh, on, the, on the actual service. And you didn't pay for it because just because you just didn't want to pay money or do you want to see what the base level of 99designs is? Uh, it was partially financial and partially I felt like the kind of free for all anybody can submit uh, a few hundred bucks prize is kind of like the the spiritual the spiritual core of the product right like that's what that's kind of everyone, what they're offering right that's what they yeah that's, that's what their marketing means tactic, when I they believe. talk about 99 designs like it seems like yeah. that's kind of how it started maybe they realized they could have these more sort of uh, high-end products if they provided some actual human consulting and that kind of stuff but 
but but yeah, that to me was like the thing I wanted to test. Uh, and and three hundred bucks is not a small amount of money, so I wasn't gonna like so it was six hundred bucks or eight hundred bucks or something. I think for the more expensive ones. So, um, so yeah. So basically, like you answer some questions about your project at first, uh, and then it takes you to a place where you basically fill out informational fields about it. Um, and this is where I made my first possible mistake. Uh, we were getting podcast artwork designed, which is a weirdly specific thing. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a category for podcast artwork. They had a whole bunch of categories, but none of them were podcast artwork. Um, so I thought about putting it in branding. I thought about putting it in book covers, actually, because it seemed the closest kind of, uh, you know, in, in spirit to, to a podcast cover. Um, but I ended up putting it in just like the other category because that was the one that was most correct because it didn't really fit in the other categories. So the other category had like very few fields for like the actual project brief. Like it just basically had audience and like more information you wanted to give to the designers. Um, and I posted it and then uh, actually two of our design interns at Micah, when they were in high school, like spent a lot of time in 99 designs. And they were both like, you're not going to get anything in the other category. You have to move it to branding or something because that's where everyone is like watching. Um, mm. So I was like, oh, okay, well, shit, I guess I'll move it over. I moved it over there's a whole bunch of other fields on the project brief for branding that I just didn't fill out when I wrote it out um and I could go back and add them but most of them are things I didn't want to include like there were things like sample logos you could provide for things that you already liked or preferred logo types which I think is similar and they actually have this crazy like slider system where they have the values to communicate and you can basically drag a slider between feminine and masculine and young and mature and luxury and economical um, which is a very interesting idea, but didn't, didn't really make sense for like, I, did, I didn't look at any of these things and say, Oh, we want to be one of these two on, on the grid. It seemed like we were, you know, weirdly in between on all of them. Um, so I moved over to branding and then I think a lot of designers didn't read the brief, which I wrote, which was pretty lengthy. Um, and instead just like looked at the name and spit out a logo basically for what the podcast would be without realizing with podcast artwork and without taking some of the creative liberties that come with, uh, with, the ability to work on it in a square and use more sort of complex imagery and colors than you might use in a typical logo. Um, so maybe I messed that up. Do you want to read the brief, Illy? I actually, I, I think I agree. I think most of the people didn't read it based on what I've seen, but. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read the highlights of it. So I mean, there's a description of the organization and its target audience. And here I say that on the grid is a podcast about design. I say that we're the three hosts. Um, I talk about how the show wants to discuss design, the web, branding and technology in an intelligent, thoughtful way. and talk about how we strive to be critical, but not just negative. And we don't really like to have the sort of shallow conversations that a lot of people associate with design and graphic design podcasts. Um, and I also used some of the data from our, uh, from our survey and talked about who our audience was and explained sort of who was listening. Um, I did that in sort of the first section. And then there's basically a section for notes, which is where I put all of the important stuff. Um, so I went back and edited it halfway through and put in all caps as the first line, this artwork you submit must be square. Because uh, a bunch of people were submitting things that weren't in a square and weren't podcast artwork. But I basically said that, um, here's what, I'll, I'll read it. I said, um, we're looking to replace our current podcast artwork. This artwork is a lot like an album cover, a square image that is used to identify our show on iTunes, in podcasting apps and services, and across the web. I said that our primary concerns were recognizability. I said the artwork should be unique enough that people can recognize it at a glance, even amongst the sea of other podcast artwork. And I also said it should not be easily confused with another podcast. Um, I said we wanted to reflect our values, uh, and I said we wanted to reflect our unique tone and the nature of the show, and I referenced the description that I summarized above. And I also said that ideally it would communicate that it's not just another podcast with Photoshop tips and whining about some new logo. And also, uh, also the hosts uh, are three designers with different points of view. Um, 
blah, 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 blah. I said that uh, sustainability was important for the design, that it shouldn't lean on current design trends and we'd like it to last and be something we can kind of build on and not kind of be obviously something that was from 2014 when it's done. Um, then I have a big section of things to avoid. And so I said, uh, I, I kind of, you know, I, I had expectations for what the community on 99 Designs would submit. And I tried to head off a lot of those things before they were submitted. Um, so I said I wanted no cliched design imagery, such as mouse cursors, Pantone chips, pencils, etc. And then I literally said basically nothing from the Google image search for graphic design. And I included a link to the Google image search for graphic design and basically said none of that. Um, I said no cliched podcast or radio imagery, such as microphones and headphones. No unnecessary ornamentation. There should be a good explanation for every element on the artwork. Uh, and it said no visual puns about grids or being on them. Uh, and then I also provided some sort of links to pages that the podcast arc would appear on, both the iTunes page and the SoundCloud page and that kind of other stuff. Um, so some of these things I think are obvious, like, uh, you know, no unnecessary ornamentation is a thing that I feel like is at the core of everything that I design and most good designers design, but I felt like I should include it here. Um, and some of these things I was just trying to head off what I kind of expected the sort of low-hanging fruit submissions to be. Um, and some people didn't pay attention to this, some people did. Um, some people really did pay attention to it, which I which I appreciated, um, which was nice to sort of get that sort of feedback. So part of the thing here was this is a really hard challenge. Uh, like, this is not an easy thing. Um, there is not that much visual stuff to work with, especially when I just rattle off that list of things that we didn't want people to use. Um, and our our vision for the show is very kind of vague and uh, and flexible. So there's not really a specific... I think that's why we're struggling ourselves to come up with good artwork. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess we should say, like, it's definitely not... As we work on it, it's definitely a difficult thing to pin down. Like it's it's you know I think probably the reason we have the artwork we have now is because um, we kind of settled on it early, saying we need to move on with something. So let's just use this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, I mean to be honest, like I think our artwork right now is kind of boring, and like mm -hmm. I do little stuff like add a, a different color that relates to the episode very vaguely every show just for fun. But I think that is honestly to me that's kind of a failed experiment. I yeah, thought of I it as a way to um, to notify users that or notify listeners that the episode is different by seeing a new color in their podcatcher. But I think we've realized that most podcatchers don't actually pick that up. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really work. Yep. <clears throat> um, it makes our SoundCloud page really ugly. <laughs> it makes our SoundCloud page look like Skittles, which is uh, actually that's something you said early on. And I kind of ignored you. And I think you're right. It does now look like Skittles. Which I, I don't really mind. It actually makes the. To me, that does make the episodes look different than each other. Like, instead of, mm -hmm. um, a, like, that, it's something, but it's not, I don't think it's the greatest. Mm -hmm. So I think we have, we have, we have podcast artwork that uh, we settled on a long time ago, and we never really addressed it uh, because it wasn't really broken. But I think we have a good opportunity to move forward, and it's very difficult for three designers who are um, probably overthinking every detail of it to agree on anything. So no doubt it's a challenge. And, and I really wanted a challenge. I didn't want to do this with a fake made up project because I felt like if you invent a project, it's really hard to actually evaluate the success of it, right? Like, I mean, if you right. Invent a project, and also, there's you, no like, there's no stakes. So you could just be like, okay, mm -hmm. it's that done, good. Yep. Like, yeah. this actually, I think this really matters to all of yeah, us. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. So I, I'm, I'm glad we did it on a real project. And I think that uh, if the project had been something more straightforward where there was clearly visual imagery to be associated with it and it was, you know, I need a logo from my coffee shop, uh, it probably would have been easier to manage than this kind of unwieldy beast. But I I'm still glad we took on the challenge. I think it made it sort of better. Um, so so I made this whole brief, submitted it, um, and, you know, waited for the designs to roll in. 
I, I poked around 99 designs a little bit while I was waiting and noticed a few interesting things. Um, the first thing I noticed, which really took me back, was that uh, the I paid $300 for the contest, and as soon as I submitted the contest and it went live, it says right at the top in big letters, $200 prize. They take a third of all the money, uh, at hmm. least at this, it, it might be different as you pay more or less money, but like a third of it was taken, which is a huge cut, I feel like, yeah. um, to play the middleman in this kind of system. Um, so, so that right off the bat felt real weird and malicious. And also, it, was never, it never told me that anywhere, obvious. Like, I'm sure it said somewhere in fine print, like, this is how much 99 designs takes, blah, blah, blah. But that was never obvious to me. Um, and actually, if you're, if you're logged out of 99 designs, it tells you $200 prize. And when I'm logged in and look at the same page, it says $300 prize, even though it's not actually going to be going to all to the designer. Um, so there's some weird dark patterns at use there. Um, they also have this feature where you can uh, basically browse and invite people to participate in your contest. Um, so I got to like browse through some portfolios and find people I thought seemed good and send them a message on 99designs to come and participate in the contest. And a few people that I sent messages to did show up and submit something, um, which was kind of interesting. Uh, but, but yeah, so that was kind of the process of, of submitting it. Um, and it was it was... It made me think because I feel like the if they asked better questions at this stage, they could get you really could build a system that would actually really effectively foster good design. Um, I, I constantly think about this thing that uh, that Jack Chang once said about Kickstarter, uh, which was that Kickstarter's value was not that it was you know a way to take money from people or a way to kind of you know have this advertising page people can go to. Um, but Kickstarter's real value was that it gave form to the idea of doing a creative project. Like there was rules. Uh, like Kickstarter decided that if you're doing a creative project and people are giving you money, you have to give them some kind of reward. That's that's a given. If you're not doing that, it's not going to work. And they decided you have to give updates at a fairly regular interval. And they built that into it. And people should be able to comment on those. And there should be a timeline. And we should make sure that if you don't get all your money in that certain timeline, you give people the money back. And like all those decisions they made is the real value of it. Uh, and like they sort of like made this thing that was ephemeral, like anybody could run a creative project however they want, and they you know did some research and figured out the best way to do it. I feel like the same thing could be done for the design process, where you realize you know what questions need to be asked and what communication should look like, and you know how that sort of process should be managed, and actually build a really great tool for doing that. But ninety nine designs is not that. Uh, it is very clearly kind of catering to people that don't know what they're doing uh, it asks kind of like dumb questions about you know what your business is supposed to be and i feel like most people will probably just write you know some bullshit in there that doesn't really help uh, an actual designer who's trying to create a, a good solution for anything so do you want to move on to the to the actual work that was submitted i, I sent you guys a bunch of things i illegally scraped off their website <laughs> so you could see um, sure actually i mean stuff. i went to the i even went to the to the uh the contest page and there's plenty of that artwork still all up like you can go we should link to the content page or the, the contest page and you can actually see it all. But yes, I did see. I saw your qualifying round. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, my initial instinct was that like 90 percent of it is kind of what I would expect, like relatively uh, low quality stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's I don't even know, necessarily think that it's all you know, someone I'd say is a bad designer. I just think they maybe, um, based on the time that they, they get to spend on it for the money that they may or may not get, like they probably, I don't think most of them read the brief. Um, and I don't think that most of them spent 
almost any time refining anything. Uh, it was. It looks like kind of like okay, uh, slapped together. It is there, and I'm going to send it out and see what happens. Um, very little kind of like there's there's plenty of of weird little things like uh, there's like a stray black pixel on something that could that they meant to invert and they just didn't clean up or something and they just like did it lazily in Photoshop instead of like uh, you know properly right. There's a lot of that stuff. Um, there's maybe. I want to say there's maybe like three or four things that are like relatively competent and I I could see like talking to that specific designer and and maybe getting something out of it. Actually, unfortunately the 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 thing from that qualifying around that seems the most competent um is like the typography is well executed. It's that one, it's that yellow one with the arrows on either side. Yeah. Um but unfortunately it's just like a picture of a hand on a mouse which is like explicitly explicitly what you said not to do. Yeah. So well, well, there was also a, a, other examples of that same one where it actually had different imagery behind it to kind of show off that you could do what we were doing uh, previously, where you could have like different colors. Yeah, there are plenty of people that just looked at our current artwork and just did it in a different font. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, there's there's definitely value in doing that in projects that are like we want to slightly tweak the logo, but that's not what we wanted to do. We didn't say that. Um, it just like somebody went to our SoundCloud page, grabbed what we had been doing and changed the font to something different and mm-hmm. added, some people seem to add like a couple weird ornaments to it, which I don't know. Well, wait, did you link to our SoundCloud or to the iTunes or did people did. just actually find it? No, I, I did link to them. I looked at them at the bottom of the project brief. So presumably okay. if they found the links, they read a little bit of it. Um, but, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I didn't see an alternative. Like we had the name of the show in there. Someone could have found it if they wanted to quite easily. Yeah, sure. Um, mm-hmm. I said it was existing artwork. So I, I do kind of wish that uh, the experiment was definitely affected by the fact that there was pre-existing artwork for it, for sure. Um, at the very least, like there were a lot of people that just seemed to look at that and change something about it, uh, but very much stick to the aesthetic we had kind of established. Uh, and I, I tried to uh, reward the people that went further from that uh, sort of path, whether or not their thing was the most competent or not. Um, I, I did take a photograph with a yellow arrows person into the finals, and the other ones you see with a different imagery are a response to me being like, hey, this is kind of interesting. I love it using a big photo, but maybe not the mouse hand. That's a weird stock image uh, that doesn't really mean anything about anything. Um, and, you know, he kind of submitted these other options, then, which is like New York City, which was very stereotypical. And then like a ski lift, which didn't make any sense, and then a seagull, which really makes no sense. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's very interesting. I I think you're getting at a really important point, Matt, which is that I I would suspect the way to make money on 99 designs and be successful is to like scatter shot it. You know, just like yeah, I imagine it, you know. just like you, yeah, you you look at as many titles as you can, you output some stuff as fast as you can, and you just put it up. And honestly, like, I don't blame someone for not reading the brief here because there's no promise of money. Like, if you mm-hmm. don't, if you read the brief, you send something out and you don't get a response on it. Well, then you wasted more time than you should have on a thing that was free. So I don't really begrudge it. But like, you know, I'm not going to pit, you know, I would if I were in charge of the project, I'm definitely not qualifying anybody who is uh, or, or however you select. I'm not selecting anyone who clearly just ignored everything that I described about the logo. It's kind of, it's unfortunate on both sides. Like, it's not, I don't blame them, but also, like, I don't really want them participating in the contest if they're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that really gets to one of the big problems with this is that, you know, as much as you can talk about the ethics of contests and whether or not contests are ethical, 
you know, I, I think we very much oftentimes have the kind of capitalist approach where like if people are doing it, like, sure, why not? But the result is you get this, like where when people are not guaranteed money, then nobody is probably willing to invest a lot of effort into your project because they, they have no buy-in. And I, I would expect that with anybody and everybody going on and making these projects, there's probably even no real consistent way to predict how what's going to be successful on a given project. You probably can't approach everything the same way. You probably have to do some weird analysis of who's actually making the choice and tweak what you're submitting to please them, whether it's the best thing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine it's probably just, like, like we said, just got to go and post a million different options on a million different things and hope that a few of them stick and, you know, you identify with some people. But, but yeah, I think that's, that's the real problem with the contest thing is that get shit because no one's really going to invest any time in it. So what was the next step for you? What did you, you selected... A couple yeah. of people, and you brought them to the next round? Yeah, so here's how it works. I mean, I, I didn't know that they had this feature. Basically, there's a, a qualifying round, which is the first four days of a seven-day contest is open to anybody and everybody. Uh, anybody can submit. You give feedback to them. And I, I should note that I, I tracked my time, and I ended up giving, like, nine hours of feedback to people, like, spent nine hours on the website. I wrote, like, a significant amount to every single submission. Um, the ones that were really, really, really off target or clearly didn't read the brief, I was much shorter. I was like, hey... This is not at all in the brief. Please see what I mentioned. Um, but I left comments on every single one of these designs, and there was 147 submissions or something. Um, actually, what does 147 mean? Does that mean, like, actually unique things, or the same guy might have done an iteration of something and, like, changed the background picture? Um, the, so it's, it was uh, 137 entries across 29 designers, um, and most designers did not submit things that were very, very different. So really it was kind of like... 30 different voices and, you know, some various iterations on different designs within that sort okay. of spectrum. Um, th- th- there was quite a bit of, like, same thing but different kind of submissions. Um, so the way it works, first four days, wide open. You find the people you want to take to the finals. And you can take as many people as you want to the finals, but I felt... I, you should know, too, like, I was pretty guilt-ridden during this entire process because I was giving lots of feedback, and some of these people were very clearly trying very hard to... to appease me and to sort of meet my goals and win the contest uh and had no chance because they were just weren't competent enough and weren't getting it um and so i felt kind of bad because all of a sudden i felt like my feedback was spurning them to go do more like like you i like i expected more of them um so i felt especially bad going into the finals because i was like man picking people for the finals they get this message like hey you're a qualifier you're a shortlist for the for the finalist which I'm sure excites them, but then they also know they have to put in more work now because basically the last three days, uh, like 99designs encourages you. It's like, now you have finalists. Feel free to tell them to start over completely and do something completely different if you want. Uh, so you can kind of just like tell them whatever you want and give them feedback at that stage and they can continue to submit and continue to update their designs. And to be um, clear, money only goes to the one winner. There's no splitting of cash. Like there's no, there's no reward for being in the finals except being closer. Is this correct? So you can select multiple winners. Um, it wasn't entirely clear to me what that would mean. I think maybe I would have to pay a little more money and then it would be kind of split. Um, I almost just didn't... Res- you have After the contest is over, after the seven days have passed, you have 14 days to pick a winner. Um, and I was in the woods and then came back this week and was doing a bunch of stupid shit. So I just ignored it and it, it actually ended like an hour ago. And I, before it ended, I went and picked a winner. But if I hadn't picked a winner it would have been split evenly amongst all the finals, which I almost just did because that seemed like more fair to me. Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I'd kind of, I'm not thrilled that um, we asked a lot of designers for free work. Like I know we, mm-hmm. we wanted to experiment with the system, but like ultimately I'm not, 
you know, it's, yeah, it's not great like, that like there's all this this work being thrown at us that we're just going to ditch and use an experiment. And one guy got paid. I'm not thrilled about that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I do feel guilty about it. I do think that there's probably people are going to be mad that we did this and think that it's some. No, that's fair. Know, I mean, I'm a little, yeah. you know, I want it. I want to eat your experiment, but I'm voicing that I don't like part of what we did. Like, I don't well we or you, whatever. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> Dan, do you have uh, do you have ethical hang ups about this? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I just didn't have a good feeling about it when we started it, just because I, like, I already knew very clearly what 99 Designs was, because at one point, I just, I paid a lot of attention to it, and uh, going through the process, and, like, now that you're talking about it, and hearing that, like, there's actual human beings somewhere in the world that went in and put in time for something that they potentially didn't even get paid for, um, really bums me out. So, I don't know. That's really just how I feel about it in general. Like, I, I understand that that's kind of the way that that whole system works. And I'm sure that the designers that uh, put up stuff are just used to that system. But it, right. it's like, just, I acknowledge it's not like against their will. I just think it's no, it's um, I, yeah, I it's perpetuating something very negative. Yeah. And like, I I understand that sort of, sort of person that will be on there and, and take the risk of doing the sort of work, uh, even if it's as fast as they could possibly make it. But at the same time, like, I don't think that's really going to make a living for anybody. And to put in that much effort for something that's going to go to waste, I, it just feels really shitty to me. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I think, an important aspect of this. Um, you know, like you said, the people that are participating in the system know this is how it works. It's not like we're actively choosing to screw people. Uh, this is, you know, what they signed up for in some ways. Um, but like you both said, you know, continuing to per- to perpetrate or uh, perpetuate that system is maybe not the best thing to do. But especially in the name of an experiment, some people are probably gonna be mad that this was like an experiment. But it was a real like I legitimately wanted artwork for the show. Like it wasn't like yeah. just a throwaway project. So, but I think who is a very important question to ask. Um, I tried as much as I could to like stalk the people that were submitting things because I wanted to know more about them. Um, and I mean, I'm curious too. Like I do want to know, is it all students? Is it people who live in other countries that don't have like quite the design market that America does maybe? Is it, well, I mean, I'll let you answer. Who is it? So what I found is that it is largely people that are not primarily speaking English. And from what I could find online, it seems like a lot of the people that submitted to this contest in particular are in Indonesia. Um, a lot of Indonesians. Um, there were a few people that were English speakers uh, that uh, were living in the States. There's one woman that was from Montana that like works at a community college uh, as a graphic design person and does this in her spare time, it seems. Um, so it was kind of a little bit across the board. But in general, like I get the sense that these are people that couldn't make a living as a freelance designer for whatever reason, uh, either because their students are too young, people wouldn't respect them, or they're in another country where there's not that kind of infrastructure set up, uh, or the language they speak is not one where they can find work, uh, or they're you know in the middle of Montana somewhere and that like they it's not an option for them. Um, and so I, I wonder how evil the system can be if it is allowing people to be paid for something that they otherwise would have no hope of making any money from. Uh, and obviously, I think there are things could be done more ethically about 99designs as an idea. Uh, but if it's ultimately like the only option for people, mm-hmm. there's something to be said about that. Uh, and you know, if it's something you're passionate about, something you really love and want to get better at, 
you know, I don't think this is the best environment in which to really improve, but it's a way you can actually make some money. And I, I don't know, Dan, I, I bet some people do make their livings off of this, especially maybe in countries where uh, the currency is very favorable to what would be essentially a small amount of cash in this country would make a big difference to somebody possibly somewhere else. Um, I don't know. I, I think there are people making livings off of this. I did find some desires that you had won 50, 60, 70 contests, uh, at least on their profile. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't really know that much about these people. I don't want to pretend to, but it seems to me like, you know, it's not people that are like, I, I don't know. I don't, it is, it's so hard to, one of the reasons I really wanted to do this is because it's so easy for us as people that, you know, I've been doing freelance graphic design work since I've been 15 years old um, and been privileged enough to like have access to people that were willing to give me money to like do design for them. Um, it's so easy for us to write this off and be like, oh, this is evil. This is bad. All the design work is shitty. The system doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's like we just are coming from this world where that was never a problem for us. Uh, and it's yeah. a real issue, it sounds like, for a lot of people that you know, love this. I mean, I, if, mm. if the, if this was such a shitty thing to do, like, I, I gotta feel like there wouldn't be this many people doing it all the time. Yeah. That's like, what it come down to. So I think the thing that bothers me the most is, uh, the payout part, because even if they have some sort of option where you can disperse it among multiple people, which I, I, I think is a good thing because if you can make a decision or maybe you just felt like they deserve uh, payment for their time, that that is an option. I think, I don't know. I would have the opinion that it should have gone a little bit further and actually have it to where anybody who had participated up until a certain point, like you could like remove people if they just weren't really participating or paying attention to what was supposed to be created, that most people could actually get some sort of um, uh, something for their work, you know, uh, rather than potentially just one person get pay getting paid out where everybody kind of put in however many hours. Uh, but at the same time, this is probably the uh, the most frequent uh, uh, example of uh, what happens on 99designs, mostly because I can see a lot of people who are just not design savvy will go in, and whoever the winner is, you know, they're the one person who gets paid. So this is probably what happens most often. Um, so I guess it was good to see and kind of go through the motions of how that would act uh, for us to kind of go through the experiment or or whatever we're calling it. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to pick a winner because I wanted to like have the full experience. And there's this whole, I'm in this whole design handover phase now where I can ask for very small tweaks and like give specifics about the format for handing things over. I don't know how that would be different if I had let it expire and not picked anybody. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if I get the rights to any of the designs at the end of that. I wonder if it's just like I'm written off and the money's just divvied up. Um, so I, I did want to like, you know, go through, fit, like follow through basically with what we had started. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the ethics thing is it's, it's a, definitely a big question about this. Uh, ultimately, it's like, you know, it's very easy to be like, oh, that's wrong and you shouldn't do that and it's evil. Uh, but again, if it's like the only thing, if this and Fiverr are the only thing giving people like some kind of creative outlet and some kind of job on the internet doing a the thing they love. Mm -hmm. and we're not providing any great other alternatives you know i mean how how critical can you really be i guess at the end of the day yeah, yeah and i don't want to get i don't want to cut the ethics forever because i do want to continue to talk about it yeah. i just i also just say like i do the reason i said yeah let's do it is because um while i was unsure about it and i didn't really know if i wanted to participate in it for participate in it for both the ethical reason and the fact that i didn't think we would get anything good out of it um, I'm totally willing to be proved wrong. So if like there are designers in the world who think that this is actually very good for them and 
it's I mean, maybe it sounds a little condescending to be like, well, it's unethical for us to, you know, allow you to do this work. You know what I mean? Like that, I can see that how that, that comes across as like very, uh, you know, coming from a very privileged place. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I thought we'd try it. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to have my mind changed. Yeah. And, and, and the last little note on that too, is that the people that are possibly in a position where this is the only way they can really make a living doing any kind of design work are probably also in a position where they don't have much of a voice. You know, they're not writing articles on fast co-design uh, about, you know, what's good and bad for the design community. So you have people like us and people that are in our Western design world that are deciding what's right and wrong. And these other people are just going, well, I don't care what they said. I'm making a living here doing this. So fuck it. Um, so, uh, so I did the qualifying. I took three or four designers into the finals. Let me check one, two. I took four designers into the finals. Um, I took two people that had done like what I consider the most competent design work to be. Like it seemed like they had the best sense of actually how to design things. And I took two people that, uh, I think spent the most time reading the proposal or reading the design brief and did something that was more outside of the realm of what everyone else did, which was like, I made a logo, put it in a square um, right. to kind of like give them a chance to, all right, hey, you did something interesting and you're thinking about this better, but can we, you know, tighten up some of these things? Um, so I sent you guys all the finalists uh, and, you know, the, the smattering is we already, we have the photographic one we described, which is like on the grid and typography in the middle brackets around it, uh, arrows or brackets, whatever you want to call it, on different kinds of photos. Um, that was one of the options. Uh, there was uh, a typographic one in a few variations that has uh, the O in on the grid small and the N big and the word the under the O and then grid across the bottom. It's kind of a slightly jaunty typographic layout for, for on the grid. Um, there was, let's see, one with, with our... Someone like drew three silhouettes in, in <laughs> that outline. That is kind of the funniest one, I think. That kind of yeah, I don't. Oh, I mean, they didn't. Really, they clearly didn't know what we look like, but they just kind of guessed and drew like one guy who has some mohawk, one guy <laughs> who has some shaggy hair. Well, they did get a bald guy. I mean, that's kind of close enough. Yeah, it was. That one was totally out of left field. Uh, like I, I don't know where that came from. That's a designer that submitted quite a few designs, and they were all kind of in the general same same field and this one came out of nowhere uh, and i was like wow this is an interesting one with the with the sort of silhouettes. it's different it's certainly different i mean it's definitely it's we're laughing because it's goofy looking and by the way we will all these will be available online so we're not just talking about it and people can't see it you can definitely yeah, go to I'm, I'm i'm gonna put a blog post up with all these images uh and they'll be online right until 99 design sends me an email and tells me to take them down which may happen uh but we're gonna go ahead and ask forgiveness not permission uh on that one um but yeah so i'll, I'll, try, I'll try to put them somewhere and people can all see them um, so I, I'm curious, I mean, I, we haven't really, I have my thoughts on like the things that were good and bad, obviously. And I will say that, um, some of my coworkers were, you know, w watching over my shoulder as I was going through these submissions and I was sharing some of them in our like company chat room as they were coming in. And, uh, most of them were, most of the like submissions I would show to my coworkers, they were shocked at how I was rating them. You give everything a rating when it comes in, I should say. Um, and this oh, is one okay. of the funniest oh parts. Gosh. This is one of the funniest parts of 99 Designs because it's a five-star system. And the five stars is a leading contender. Four stars is a great design. Three stars is a good design. Two stars is right direction. And one star is has potential. <laughs> there is, so it's, all, it's only positive. It's That's only, it. I mean, wow. I can imagine where that comes from, though. <laughs> like, yeah. I get, yeah. if you don't get money, at least get stars. So you basically, you give everything stars. And it's very clear that the designers that are submitting are definitely looking at the previous things that have been submitted and what they were rated to get a sense of what you like and don't like. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of like internal ripoffs going on where like one designer would submit something, I would give it three stars, and then somebody else would 
go and submit what looked like exactly the same thing. And at first I was like, oh, they updated it really quickly. I was like, wait, no, that's a different person. This is like some weird internal ripoffs happening here on this contest. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I was rating, rating things by stars. And a lot of my coworkers were like thinking that my stars were totally off uh, because I think they were looking for, uh, you know, just like how good is this thing in terms of like actual artwork for the show. And what I was looking for was, based on what this person is showing me here, how likely do I think it is that they will be able to respond to my feedback and actually get somewhere good? Um, so there were some things I was giving three and four stars that people were like, this is absolutely atrocious. How are you, why are you doing that? Um, so I, I'm curious to hear from your perspective, now that you're seeing kind of the finalists, um, what you thought of like the, the spread and sort of the, of just the finalists we're talking about, I think is probably where to start. So actually I'm on the, I'm not in the contest page, so I can see the stars that you gave it. Um, and it seems like some you chose to not even rate at all. Is that correct? Um, they all should be rated. Uh, I think some people did submit things like after the qualifying round was actually Ah, over, which I didn't know you could do. Um, but everything should be rated. Um, a lot of them have been withdrawn. People seem, you can, as a designer, take it out of the contest. So if you go to like the third page or second page there, Matt, you'll see tons of them just say withdrawn on them. Um, and so those ones were there and had ratings and had feedback, but have since been taken away. Oh, I see. Um, so if it didn't have a good enough rating, then they would remove it. So it didn't affect their overall rating. Uh, I don't know if it's like a, you know, overall rating that happens, but I think maybe they'd remove it just to kind of avoid the embarrassment maybe of like having a thing up there that had one star on it uh, and mm-hmm. sort of missing the point. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it could also be like a protection for, for me, like stealing artwork that I didn't award the prize to and using it anyway, which Frankly, that's probably fair. Pre- that probably happens a lot, I would imagine. It has to. There's like really this. nothing preventing me from doing that. Like, I, obviously, I'm a little more savvy than most about how to like use the inspector to like find image assets. But uh, yeah, it's really like I thought maybe it'd be watermarked or or like low resolution, but they're all like crazy high res and not watermarked at all. So it's uh, it's really easy just to take whatever you want from there if you know what you're doing. Wow. Of the the finalists, it seems like there are four. Some are just variations on the same idea. So I would say mm-hmm. there are four ideas from four different people mm-hmm. that seem like they're competent enough to that I, I would have selected. One is just someone, someone actually did a relatively good job on copying our artwork and changing it slightly, where it's just like on, you know, ONT is on one line, THE, uh, HEG is on another line, RID is on the last line, and they, they drew it in a kind of techie, uh, pixel font and put mm-hmm. them in boxes and it's actually pretty well done and it, it does add like a you know it's adds something interesting to the artwork like it doesn't necessarily I don't think it looks like it maybe looks a little bit too techy for us but I think it's competently done mm-hmm. um, I think the the one where just the is turned on its side and it's just on the grid and it's in a kind of like photo frame box mm-hmm. is competent I don't think I would have picked that one but it's nice and i think the only two that really kind of stand out are the one with the really large n it's just a somewhat interesting typographic layout yeah and the one with the mouse button uh the guy with his ma- hand in the mouse oh, like if you took the, the photo the out it just looks like a well-executed typographic layout there's nothing really interesting about it but it is well executed so i would say probably yeah. those those would probably be the two yeah that i would i would say these are the best of the group yeah, and mm-hmm. and the one that you pointed out, Matt, uh, where it says like on, and then I think it's the is is turned out sideways. Yeah. yeah, I I could swear that um, that might be related or inspired by uh, there's a food truck, um, I guess rodeo for lack of a better term, like a group of of different food trucks 
called Off the Grid is around town, and I could swear that their logo is actually very similar to that. Um, oh, type, interesting. Typeface and everything. Um, interesting. Yeah. Oh, and there then, was a there was a lot of like very similar like things where people were very clearly inspired by something. Yeah. Um, Matt pointed out that there's another podcast called uh, The East Side or right. East oh, Side? the East Wing. Oh, I noticed this. East Wing. Yeah, so East Wing. There was yeah, yeah. a there was a podcast on Five by Five called The East Wing, um, but before it was on Five by Five, it had art it had a show artwork of just um, an old timey microphone illustration. Hmm. And I'm actually not sure if it's stock artwork or if it like if they created it very specifically for the show, but someone very clearly just took that artwork and put our name on top of the East Wing. Um, so we're definitely running into things like had we picked it, we would have had legal issues. Like yeah. that's happening a lot. And actually, to be honest, like I don't know that these stock photos we'd actually be allowed to use. Oh yeah, um, I, yeah, I totally. think it's probably a very good point that it would be very questionable. Like we could if we picked use them. the, like I would say like. For example, that ski lift image, if we picked, it's the same as the mouse logo. Like, if mm-hmm. we picked the the two arrows on top of a ski lift image, like, that looks like a professional image that probably costed a reasonable amount of money out of a stock photo site mm-hmm. that we probably, like, honestly, it probably cost more than the, the entire contest. So if we actually picked that, I don't know if that means the designer would say, hey, you can't use this photo, it's just an example. Or if you would say, here you go, not tell anybody, and we get burned and have to, you know, yeah. Get yeah. hit with a lawsuit for, you know, not paying for a stock photo. I don't know how that would I work. Did get, or a cease and desist or whatever. I did get at least one submission where the person submitted something that had photography in it and then in their comments said like, photography, just for example, can't actually use it, not part of the design. And it's well, like, that's okay. fair. I mean, that's a yeah, fair that's thing good. to say. I, kind of, I guess. I mean, but the thing was her her design specifically was like just the photo pretty much. Like there was really nothing oh, else done uh, to it. So well, then. it was particularly weird because it was like, this thing is an example. And it's like... Because <laughs> there are uh, clear examples okay. where the photo is just trying to illustrate the point that you could put stuff behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I understand that, but that... Okay, I see what you're saying. That, is that was weird, pretty much though. like the whole design. She was like, not mine, sorry. <laughs> uh, which <laughs> well, was kind of funny. Although, um, okay, I am super bummed out though because I'm looking at some of the... the um, the raw submissions that you screen had screenshotted or screenshot, mm-hmm. I guess is the actual term. Uh, but there's screen shooted is actually screen shooted. Okay. No, there's, there's one that's like a black background and it's like techie looking geometric and it's all um, like tech blue and everything. It looks like Tron. That's what it looks like. Yeah. There was a couple Tron like submissions, I yeah. think from the word grid. People yeah. were like, ah, grid. I know Tron. Totally a shame that also, we didn't I did, explore that I definitely further. did a Tron like version of the artwork for one where we talked about a techie thing. I can't remember what, but like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you did with the even I've letters. made that joke before. Um, I, I will say there was a lot of like kind of weird drama amongst the, the community. Like you as a submitter to a contest can report, can apparently report somebody else for like stealing your design. The thing I described earlier. Yeah. So like I had one of the, one of the people I was sending lots of messages back and forth to, um, she was like, Oh, somebody reported a bunch of my designs as being, you know, fraudulent. I didn't mean to steal them. And I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do anything. And I was like, I don't think I looked at the thing that was reported. And I was like, first of all, I don't think you actually stole anything. Like it was, you know, it's typography and it says on the grid. It's not going to be so different than something else. That's typography says on the grid. I don't think there's any room for making a stealing argument here. Um, but it was clear there's like some weird stuff going on behind the scenes that's not really supposed to be exposed to me as the the client. Yeah. Um, but there's some weird like social stuff at play in these uh, these contests. I think that's not healthy at all. Especially like I feel like that's so counterintuitive to. I I don't know. I I guess we're a little bit privileged in the sense that we probably don't deal with that sort of thing in our design careers where there's a lot of um, this weird 
that that sort of stuff, the weird social stuff uh, with competition and and whatever. Uh, usually, we're just... uh, that's still there. It's just different. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's there for sure. Okay. Wait, are you saying you're not competitive? No, that's not at all. I know we talked about the competitive nature in the last show in a different way, but uh, yeah. I I will say I uh, there are a lot of things where I am brutally competitive about competing for jobs. Um, wow. Just because just because. Well, what do you think? I mean, you're going up. There are plenty of jobs that where they ask for multiple design firms to submit a proposal and you there are a lot of things that you want and you will go get like it's not the same as just submitting free artwork on a website but i don't want to get that and, much into and, it but like i am de- that's i not i don't uh buy your thing I, that's not me is what i'm saying <laughs> okay no and and i think in in my world like i don't get as competitive about that i think just because there's so many jobs to be had in the web and apps and stuff that it would be just counterproductive to compete against anybody with them because they just make enemies then um but I will say that, like, I, I'll get pissed off when th- people get ripped off, and I get pissed off when people clearly make very derivative work. And so, I mean, I, I, I have the same kind of, like, dramatic feelings, I guess. It just manifests itself differently. Um, I had one person that, you know, sent me a message because I had given the, the one with the photograph, like, four stars or something because it was looking pretty good. And they were like, just so you know, it's just a stock photo, and it's used everywhere, so it's not at all unique. And I was like, cool, thanks for the, like, tattletale move, <laughs> dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, wow. so there was some weird stuff at play there, uh, for sure. Um, and the few people that I did, like, I would say it was probably maybe like one eighth of the people I gave feedback to actually responded in words to me. Um, some people would like submit new designs that clearly was based on my feedback, but they would not say anything about them and they wouldn't respond uh, in in language. I'm not sure if because they didn't speak English or is because they uh, just didn't weren't used to having people want to have a conversation about the work. Um, but but yeah, so. The other thing I thought was very interesting is that uh, it was very interesting to see the themes of like where things were consistently weak. Um, I think being somebody that, you know, when you, when you go through your design career, there's things you pick up that you don't realize you picked up and also all of your peers pick them up too. And then you kind of take it for granted when you've had some experience how to do these certain things. And, and the big things were like, a lot of the type is really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, like really poor font choice, really bad kerning people stretching and skewing type and people just couldn't get yeah it. i noticed that a lot just for example like people one one of them someone clearly stretched an o that was like supposed to be a circle which is like mm-hmm. a, such a weird thing to do or like they'll pick like they've decided that they're going to do tracked out all caps but then they pick a condensed font to do it with it's just like that's not really i don't yeah. know just things you like probably would have figured out at some point in your career seem to have not been figured out yet so it may it does make you think that maybe it's just like someone who's a little bit newer to the job. Yeah. So I, type is one of those things where like type is an immediate like you know red flag for somebody that's maybe a little more amateur or has a little bit less experience. The other big thing was color. Uh, like most of the submissions were some combination of grayscale or black and white. I think partially because of our pre-existing artwork and partially because it was a logo thing. So people were like, "Oh, logo is black and white." Mm-hmm. People that did use color. Th- pretty much none of them are not offensive. Like they are all <laughs> crazy saturated, like right out of the tube colors in like really weird combinations that like it shows real lack of understanding of like color theory and how to make something that's balanced and sort of uh, effective. Um, those two things were big. And the other thing I did notice, and you, you alluded to this earlier, Matt, was that a lot of people seem to like do something simple that could totally work, but then like, they just changed it in some weird fucked up way. I, I think to like 
make them feel like they had actually done something to like sort of you know confirm that they had designed something and like show their little hand work on it um and all those things were just terrible like there were like so many submissions of people just like randomly filled in counters on letters like for no reason whatsoever or people like you know make one letter jaunty for no reason or like outline something for some strange like just little shit um but one where people just you know removed a like little chunk of a letter just randomly um it's like i got got the sense people were like sitting down they like laid some type and it was very simple and they were like this isn't enough i have to do more let me go in here and you know do some shit and then it'll look like a design uh there was a lot of that for sure and that was the pattern that definitely came through i think that is the instinct though it's just like and actually it's not it's not a bad instinct if if it's well executed to say um uh, this thing looks kind of generic. I think we need to make it special in some way or make it unique in some way. Like that's, that's what makes a lot of really great word marks sometimes. But um, yeah, like the example of, of the O that was clearly a circular O and then got stretched and makes it very obvious that it was distorted is a weird thing when no other letter in the entire alphabet is distorted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking at this, like I'm looking at a little bit deeper, just the raw stuff, not really the finalized stuff. And it kind of reminds me like when, when I was in between, uh, when I went to school for computer science and then when I transitioned to SCAD for, for design, I had gone for about a year and a half, um, just to be able to get some credits at a community college. And it's a very different kind of curriculum for any sort of design. When you, uh, go into a community college compared to something like either a state funded school or even like a private art school. And what I saw there um, from all the other students is kind of what I uh, am seeing with a lot of these um, instances just in, in some of the raw material. Because you see things where somebody has that question or that, that thing that's bothering them saying that this object or this type needs to be a little bit more unique. But they don't know how, like, what to do to make it unique. Like, they just don't have that in their tool set. So that's when they kind of go and just do the the you know the stretching of the type or the removing of the counter or something like that just because it's the the closest thing that they can grasp onto so i think Mm -hmm. it was just a matter of um i like we definitely take it for granted where we kind of know some tricks or we've learned things from other designers on down the road um of things that we can do to make things unique or just to be able to explore to find that unique thing and i think just a lot of the folks that submit on here just don't have that same experience yeah, I, I think you've you hit the nail on the head. And it's also, I think confidence is a big part of it too. Uh, you know, I feel like if you've practiced and you have some some sort of trust in your in your hand and your eye, you can make a simple thing and be like, yes, this is simple. I know, I know you could go do this yourself in 14 seconds in Illustrator if you wanted to, but you didn't do it. I did it. And here's why it's, it matters and it's important. Um, and I feel like there's probably a lot of self-doubt in a young designer or an inexperienced designer. It says like, oh gosh, it's just type. I have to, oh, I have to do something. I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that confidence is probably a big aspect of it as well. Um, so I, of the, so the one I, the one I gave the, the finalist award to uh, is, I think you can tell from looking at the contest page, right? It shows you. Yeah, it says winning is. design and it's the, well, you can say, which one is it, Andy? Well, it's, it's the one with the, with the big jaunty end. It was actually the, the second version of this that was submitted. Um, the first the one. The guy who gave you a really nice rendering of a foil stamp. Yeah. And he did some really good Photoshop. Actually, I have to these. say, honestly, the, the rendering of um, a silver foil stamp on like, uh, it's like on a black uncoated paper. Mm-hmm. Um, is like really well done. It's the very f- convincing. 
Yeah. The, the wood grade and one above it, not so much. But the, no. <laughs> but the, the sort of, yeah, the black matte paper is really totally very convincing. Yeah. Um, so the, the background on this is, this is basically like, this was the first one this person submitted, more or less. Um, they submitted a version where uh, the spacing was off, and I left a fairly extensive comment and sort of... Can you see the comments, too, if you click on the actual design? Uh, discussion is only visible to the contest holder, it says. Mm, gotcha. So no, I can't. I'll take some screenshots of this one, because this is the winging design. We should document the, uh, the <laughs> okay, comments good. there. But there's a 19-message thread with this person. Wow. Um, so they submitted one where the, the spacing was a little bit off, but it's basically the same thing, and I explained uh, some things about spacing, and I explained like optical alignment of rounded and straight characters and all this sort of fun stuff. Uh, and this is the second one they submitted. I also, I, I wasn't totally thrilled with the Helvetica. It seems like a very sort of straightforward, obvious choice. So I also asked for some other typographic options, which you can see in the finalists, but none of them seemed as well resolved as this one did to me. Oh, yeah, because I was going to say the final, they did just pick a Helvetica, like a condensed Helvetica or something. Yeah, that's the one I ended up giving the award to. You can see uh, you know, the, the same version in the finalists that's yellow on black was, a, was maybe the one I was thinking of going with, but the O was clearly stretched there and looks wrong. Um, and there was another sort of oh, more yeah, humanist. The, the Proxima Nova one where they kind of stretched the O. Oh, that's the one I've been talking about, the stretched O yeah, in Proxima exactly. Nova, yes. Um, and there's one with sort of a more humanist one that's got a border, and they also showed it on top mm -hmm. of a picture of a mountain. Um, and the type there also seemed not quite right, and I think the sort of more flared uh, sort of quirky characters didn't work in that sort of rigid sort of structure. Yeah. Um, so that's the one that I thought was the best. Uh, I'm curious to hear from both of you if... You think it's passable if we would ever consider actually using it for our artwork? Because, I mean, it should be noted that, like, we really are looking for artwork. And if we had gotten yeah. a great submission, mm -hmm. like, we really would use it. We, from no, I, designs, I, right? fully, like, I fully went into it thinking that if we get something good out of it, we will use it. Absolutely, um, yeah. So here, I mean, my answer is no, we're not going to use it. But <laughs> I do wow. think that this, I think that this would be... I don't think it would look out of place in the many studies that we have sent back and forth. Like, if if we slip this in... I don't think any of us would question the uh, one of the others men like, whoa, where did this come from? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it is like up to the quality of like a study for consideration. Uh, and I still don't think it necessarily has like the final touch. I actually thought there were quite a few like that. I, I can think yeah. of like four yeah, or five no, actually, options. I, that that I agree with. I think actually, I think the ones that I mentioned before, the four that I mentioned before, if they came from any of you guys in an email saying studies for, for logo artwork, I would have been like, okay, yeah, you know, you, worth you considering. Wouldn't, you wouldn't, I wouldn't respond be with like, "Hey, what I happened? think you're stroking out." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dan, I'm curious to hear what you think of this. So, for a little bit of background, I mean, Matt and I have uh, artwork we've been back and forth and doing some iterations on that I think we're kind of approaching happy with. Uh, and, and Dan, I know you said over an email that you didn't really didn't respond to it at all. So, yeah. do you feel like these are better than the the design that Matt and I currently feel like is maybe the front runner for the new artwork? Um, do these work better for you in any way, any of these options? Well, just so we're keeping score, I did send some stuff over. I don't know if you actually saw it. No, no. I know you did. Okay. I, I meant like... <laughs> no, we're saying was... that we... Yeah, I know. Dan, Andy and I agreed on one thing that we thought was a good direction. Yeah. And then you said... But you said you, you didn't, didn't like feel it. it at all. You said you felt like you were the left, the odd man out, and you thought it was too... I forget the words you used, uh, but you said... You, you very clearly said that you didn't like it much at all. Yeah. Um, which, of course, is totally fine. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, like, okay, so that you were the sort of missing feature there. And there've been other designs that you and Matt agreed on that I didn't like and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but how do these compare to that? Cause it might be that, you know, we need something weirdly neutral and inoffensive to like 
satisfy the design committee that is the three of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like maybe the thing that we end up going with is not the one that any of us love the most, but the one that all of us are like, oh, it's fine. I think that's how we end up with the current artwork we have now. It's like exactly how we yeah. end up with the current <laughs> artwork. Like we're not we're not immune to the like three opinions that can't decide on anything. Like we're absolutely part of that problem. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess from the stuff that was submitted, um, really a lot of the stuff that ended up as the finalist material is stuff that I would have considered just good stuff to riff off of. Like, I, I don't think any of it was really like, okay, this is what we're going to go with. But I also feel the same way about all the other stuff that the three of us have made. Like, I just, I don't feel like anything has come out to me as the one thing that is the most successful and is actually one conveying what we want to convey and two something that's interesting. Um, a lot of the stuff that was presented uh, through 99 designs, I feel is the same way, but I'm actually thankful that we did it, even though like I still have the weird ethical feelings about it because there's ideas that came out of it that I feel like we would have never gotten to like, even with the things where it was like the, the two corner arrow thingies, um, just where everybody else was, you know, being more literal and containing it in a full square or rectangle or whatever. Like somebody actually just kind of cut it off a little bit just to make a graphic a little bit more interesting. And uh, like, I'm actually super thankful of that. Like I, I saw, I can get why the one with the, uh, the weird type with a really big N uh, could be something that that's actually candidate for something that's a little bit more finalized just because it's a little, it, ha- it visually has a little bit more variety to it, but it's still, I don't know. I'm not completely sold on it, but at, at the same time, I actually feel like it's a little, probably a little bit more inventive, even than some of the ideas that I put out in the past couple of days. So that's kind of what I want to get to. Like, I, I thought it was like a pretty plain option, obviously, like it's just says on the grid and one of the letters is bigger. Uh, other than that, you know, it's kind of, you know, and, and the, I mean, the way the letters are arranged and you look at the picture online when you're listening to this episode, I mean, they do like take up a perfect square. Like the, the letters are arranged in such a way that they're all kind of packed in like a little puzzle. Uh, so it like takes up the whole square and it has sort of a, I think it has a pretty good like impact. You can read it at small sizes and it's kind of looks it reminds me a little bit of uh of paula Scherer's work for the for the new york theater yeah um in that it's got kind of this like jaunty like big typography thing going on um it's obviously not as well executed as that nor as inventive but it's it's got some really nice aspects to it uh that ultimately were also like the least offensive i think that the biggest takeaway from from this for me is like if you're submitting to 99 designs and uh, the person, someone like me, is 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 evaluating you. Just do as little as possible because it's less <laughs> opportunity for you to like mess it up somehow. Um, yeah, it's all, like mm, it's also kind of depressing that like that was the one that I think the three of us felt was the most successful. But at the same time, it's basically typography in a square, which is where we started out in the first place. So, what are we saying? We're actually like I think the three of us kind of dumbed down to. Not the lowest common denominator, but something kind of close to that when it comes to us trying to agree on something that is artwork for the podcast. Like, it's, it, this is something that's not way off in left field. Yeah, I, I mean, I think where I landed with it is I, I feel like this option, uh, and I, I would like to redo it if, if, if I had my druthers to, like, just change some of the spacing a little bit because it's still not quite exactly how I want it to fit together. Um, but like, I feel like this is better than what we are currently using for our podcast artwork, but I feel like in the back and forth we've had over the past month and a half, we have come up with things that are independently better than this, um, as, as options. Um, and frankly, like that's a pretty good performance for 99 designs, right? That 
Like we said, a lot of these things could be slid right into the emails we're sending back and forth and it would totally fit in with the work we've been doing. And like, it's not sure if you look at like the entire scope of the work, there's a lot of really bad stuff that was submitted for sure. Um, but the fact that the, the cream of the crop of this 137 entries uh, like is kind of on par and could totally like pass for something that one of us did, mm-hmm. I think is, is a big victory from 99designs, right? I mean, like we each spent shit tons of money on our education and have been doing this for, you know, our entire adult lives professionally. And, and I think consider ourselves to be pretty prolific and, and effective at what we do. And these people are, you know, just kind of throwing designs into the ether for the chance at maybe winning 200 bucks and are able to almost approximate that. And that, that's a, that's a big thing, I think. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So I want to pose a question then. Uh, is it really a success for 99 designs? Because I kind of feel like when you were discussing the process of putting together the contest, you were come up, you came up with a lot of barriers that just didn't feel intuitive for what you want to be able to communicate. And you ended up having to, you know, write a bunch of stuff out in one of the like freeform text areas and, and all the other like, sliders or or all the other like form elements were actually not useful so is it because you were able to uh fill it out in a way that ended up being beneficial or is it or has 99 designs actually set up something that can be successful if done with the most like detailed descriptions i like that question is that a success for andy or a success for 99 designs yeah so it's a very good question i think the answer is neither you're right so this is not a success for 99 designs as much as it is a success for the idea of what would otherwise be considered unskilled or unexperienced designers being able to contribute meaningfully to a complex challenge um which i think is uh an assumption that 99 designs is operating on I will also say that I am definitely not the market for people that 99designs would think are its clients, mm-hmm. uh, seeing as I have been educated in this and I do it myself for a living and I have all sorts of weird expectations for what I should be able to say and not say to designers. Um, so I think that their system is perfectly tailored for the people that are submitting those things. And it's clearly spent a lot of time um, making sure that onboarding process is really well suited to like Joe Schmo, whatever, that has a kind of startup that wants to go and get some cheap logo somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I thought, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a victory for these designers who we haven't met and maybe have been judging harshly for, for a long time. Cause I mean, like you said, the work could totally pass something you were, you or I had done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You or yeah. I, I or mean, other I, I have to done. be totally honest and say, like I do when you, before you kind of framed it the way you framed it, like I would have said, um, so Andy managed to like managed to make the system work for him to a small degree it seemed like he pulled teeth for a long time and ended up with something he considers a study that he doesn't want to use. So I like, that's the way I first thought of it. I wouldn't call that, I wouldn't call that framing of it a success, but no, that was pretty, that's pretty negative. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but the way, I don't know the way you've described it. Like I can see that as you, well, it's still a success for Andy, not success for 99 designs. Like this would have worked if you just, if someone just gave you these designers emails and you created your own system, which you kind of ended up doing. You just used like whatever fields were available to you. Like you've you've proven that you can art direct. Um, actually, I honestly really don't know what the level of the designer you picked is. Like it's not, you know, it's not the most competent um, professional, but it also is somebody who seems to like definitely have some skills. Um, they can definitely Photoshop definitely some foil like technical skills for a, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you managed to get that person to to create something that you're pretty happy with yeah uh yeah that you i don't know you could have done that anywhere so i'm not sure andy 
I, I don't know where I landed. I mean, it's, it's, I do, I feel very conflicted about the entire thing at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, like it's something that I think is pretty successful that I didn't think of to do myself. And there were quite a few submissions that I was like, Oh, I never thought of that. Uh, and it's badly executed and the colors are terrible, but I never thought of that at the very least. Yeah. Um, which is telling, I, I do wish that like, I feel like the biggest barrier to this was not all the things people might expect the barriers to be like it wasn't the language barrier it wasn't the like contest nature even as much it was just the fact that oh well, it was the con it was the fact that the people are not coming to this with the expectation that there's going to be a back and forth and there's going to be feedback and that responsiveness to that feedback is going to be an asset it's they're coming to this with the attitude of like i just got to throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks yeah um, and i really feel like a, quite a few of these designers here if i had them in my studio in baltimore they would be great i mean i don't know like my, my indication of working with these people on a very sort of small level was that they're responsive to feedback more so than a lot of the designers we work with in our studio because the people that come from micah and other design schools have a lot bigger ego issues than people that are working on this website people respond <laughs> immediately to everything i said yeah. um because they were they've been clearly gotten used to that kind of responsiveness which of course can also bite you in the ass too yeah. but i'm just it's just i don't know man no i see that I, as uh, encouraging i do honestly like that i get that we had the conversation a couple times on the show where i said something to the effect of oh i never worry about hiring a part-time designer because they you know, are always going to be helpful in the office no matter what. They really can't do much harm. Yeah. Um, and you always say, Matt, that you think it sounds like total bullshit. I do always um, say that. I felt like this, if anything, like helped me feel even more strongly about that other way that I feel, which is that like as as unskilled of a designer as you could hand me, I feel like I could still do something with them that would be helpful to sort of solving the problem on a project, um, especially if they have a good attitude and are responding to feedback and are able to like talk about their ideas. Um, I, I don't know. I guess maybe that was the, the biggest takeaway for me was that like the way we communicate is so important when you're talking about these kind of projects uh, and you can get the kind of work that you seek if you ask the right questions and present the right priorities, maybe. So are there any particular uh, bits that you're taking away? Because you went into it also wanting to pull in a few things with art direction, creative direction. Are there any takeaways that you want to actually apply back into your normal day to day that you learn from this experience? Mm. Another great question. Um, so I feel like I definitely have a lot of very practical takeaways for, for my teaching. Um, and I do think teaching and art direction are very, very similar in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the way you're communicating and sort of setting expectations and then stepping back and letting something happen and then coming in to kind of provide guidance. Um, and I feel like at the very least, I now have a very tangible idea of like the, the things that will set off alarms for student or amateur work. Um, and I can communicate those to students more easily, like, hey, typography is really important, otherwise you'll look like this, and color theory is really important, otherwise you'll look like this, and be confident in the decisions you make, and commit to something, and don't hedge your bets with weird little alterations to the sort of simple idea you had. Um, so I feel like that was very helpful. Um, I don't know if there's a specific, like, takeaway, like, oh, I learned through this process that I should always do X. Um, I don't know if that happened, but I do feel like i got a lot of practice. Uh, and I was also very, very conscious of the way I was talking about this work because I was typing these things out. And, you know, when you're sitting in a studio, just, you know, talking about something verbally, I think it's very easy to just kind of let things roll off your tongue and you don't really pay as much attention to exactly what you're saying, yeah. you know, and word, the words you're choosing. Um, so I think being forced to be very thoughtful about the feedback I was giving was just good practice. Um, and I think will probably make me more thoughtful about the words I use to describe things uh, in the studio too. So... I don't know. I don't know if it actually helped. We don't know anything, right? That's the whole, that's the whole theme of On the Grid. We no, don't I actually... Know. The, the if, big gray area. The one thing... 
the one thing I do think that I, I would like to continue is like, I do want to do experiments like this more. Um, I think I like the things that like make me uncomfortable and like test my ideas about what good design is. Um, and I, if, if this show is anything, I hope it's that. So if we come up with any more ideas like this, even if I don't like them and Dan doesn't like them, or maybe Andy, maybe there's gonna be an idea you don't like. Uh, I think we should just give each other the leeway to try these things. Yeah. Maybe we spend whatever, like we don't make a whole lot of money on the show. Maybe we've run like three or four ads before, but spend some of that ad money on something. I'm fine to spend it on experiments. Um, and I want to keep doing this because I do think it's I think it's healthy to test our ideas about what is good and what is bad. Yeah. Even if even if it even if it reaffirms that we maybe were right, I think that's just as important as if it changes our mind. Yeah, I, I like I think it's nice because up until this experiment, all three of us were like, oh yeah, I've had some weird tangential experience with ninety nine designs or something similar to it. So I have a strong opinion about it. But now I think all three of us have a slightly different opinion on what 99 designs and similar, similar experiences are like, just because we've actually gone through this experience. So, and I think also like, I think mainly for me, it's that, you know, to kind of like acknowledge where the designers, like the the designers that are participating, like to kind of acknowledge where they are and acknowledge what it is, as opposed to just being like, it's just a place where a lot of bad designers do free work. Yeah. I do think I think it's important to recognize like design is such a big world and we see such a small shitty chunk of it in our, yeah. in our little in our little bubbles. Uh, and like this is you know it's probably as many people that are making money on this kind of system and like spending a lot of time doing this kind of work as are on Twitter in our little friend groups like shooting the shit about you know the latest greatest tech startup logo. So I, f- I feel like it's it's part of what I want the show to be like you said Matt is yeah exploring the rest of what design is instead of sort of sticking around our own little shitty town let's try it let's see what happens i actually want to say like you'll post these screenshots but like i don't we're not we're not using these for anything like we're not using these for ideas we're not using these for studies like these people didn't get paid for their work and so it's just it'll just be to fuel this conversation but like this this ends here um which some people may have even more of a problem with that we did this that's fine i mean that part is fine but like this we're done now. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get paid <laughs> and it stops here. Damn. No, I just mean like, honestly, I don't want to, I don't want to pretend like these are being used for ideas or anything like that. Nothing gets used at this point because I think it would be unfair to, to even draw on this for inspiration. I mean, it's, it's I going like, to be, it's going to be completely impossible. To yeah, no, I, under, I understand that, but I just style from our memory. And no, I know. I know. I just, I, I'm uneasy with the, the lack of payment and like, I'm happy you're going to do your blog post where you're going to where you're going to explain the process like all the way we did within the podcast. But, um, you know, it's behind us now. I'm done, I'm done with it. I also, I'm also I don't want to be unfair. That's all I want. I don't want to be unfair to anyone. No. And, and I, I do still have those questions about, you know, what is fairness from our perspective for other people's perspectives. But I, I, I do like it was exhausting doing this uh, partially because it was it was I think I spent more time making comments on these pieces of design than I did making my own designs for us to talk about, um, which is telling. Uh, and also, like, it was definitely emotionally draining to be like, oh, my God, all these people, and I give all this feedback, and they're not going to get any money from this. And it, it, it was, like, it was hard to, to do it, for sure. Uh, it was not, not fun. I did not enjoy doing this as much as I kind of thought I would to, like, you know, play around and, you know, 
be big fancy art director for for a day for to 40 different designers but it was just really exhausting um intellectually and kind of emotionally so yeah i'm also done uh I, i've got to find the energy to write some sort of blog post about it but then i'm really super done for <laughs> <laughs> all right good well you've got otherwise it was all in vain right i can't just like yeah, not write a blog nah, post now about you gotta it. do it yeah all right This has been On The Grid, episode 77. You can email the show, mail it onthegrid.co, tweet to us using hashtag onthegrid, or find us online individually at Madam C, at Andy Mangold, and at Dan Auer. If you want to submit a link for us to talk about on the show, visit onthegrid.reddit.com. If you enjoy the show, please review us on iTunes. Thanks to Curve Quartet for the interlude music, girlfriends for the theme music, and you for listening. Until next week. Until next week.